entering an episode of Stat Stories. I'm the somewhat honorable Chad Shanks. And I am the slightly more honorable Justin Kabatko. You've heard it said that defense wins championships, but is that really true in the NBA? We're putting the cliche on trial in episode 20, The Defense Rests. So longtime Alabama football coach Bear Bryant is commonly credited with the quote, offense sells tickets, but defense wins championships. The latter part of that phrase has become as ubiquitous a cliche as there is in sports. Uh, We discussed it a little bit in our NFL-themed episode, This Too Shall Pass, if you want to listen to it, but basically we found that there was a little bit more of a connection between Super Bowl titles and elite defenses than there was with elite passing attacks. However, the issue has sprung up again in the NBA as many are debating whether or not Cleveland's defense is good enough to go all the way this season. So after the Cavs lost to the Rockets a few days back, Mark Stein of ESPN tweeted that they were 22nd in defensive efficiency and will try to be the first team outside of the top 10 in that category to win the title since the 2000-2001 Lakers. And then John Schumann of NBA.com followed up noting that only three teams had won the title in a season which they ranked outside of the top 10 in defensive efficiency. And those three teams were all defending champions at the time. So it might give Cleveland a little bit more of a, of a chance that they're coming in with a defending the title, but it still doesn't sound too good for their, their chances, especially if you believe in that old axiom that defense wins championships. So as everyone's bringing up the phrase again, we wanted to dive in ourselves and see if it held true. So we're examining it, we're putting it on trial, and we're going to render a verdict. Does defense win championships? All right, so, so let me, before we get into this though, let me, let me state a few things up front here. So one is that our working hypothesis will be that offense and defense are equally important. And much like in a court case where you assume that the defendant is not guilty, we will sift through the evidence and we will see if there is evidence to the contrary. Um, So that's one thing. Another thing is we decided to focus on seasons from 1979-80 through last season um, for a few reasons. One is that the 79-80 season saw the introduction of the three-point line, which of course significantly changed the game. It was... Teams were slow to adopt it at first, but of course now we know how every team uses it as a weapon. Um, this is also a few years after the NBA and ABA merged. They've gone through the NBA has gone through several rounds of expansion, and we have a complete statistical record for all teams and their opponents. And so it seemed like a, a, a decent uh, starting point for us. Yeah, and if you've listened, and and then, oh, actually, one more thing, one more thing, actually, before you go. Yeah. Sorry about that. One more thing is that. Throughout this podcast, when I say something like top five offense or top five defense, I'm going to refer to the team's offensive or defensive rating, which is their points scored or allowed per 100 possessions. So if I say it's the top offense, basically what I'm saying is they had the highest points per 100 possessions in the league. And for anyone who doesn't know, unlike me until I met you and you started teaching me all these things, why is it important to go with offensive and defensive rating instead of just looking at the points per game and points per game allowed. 
just because of the way the game has changed. And if you look back in the 80s, it was uh, fairly common for teams to score 120 points. In fact, the Nuggets actually averaged 120 points per game a few seasons. Whereas nowadays, it, that's not as common. I think the Warriors averaged like 115 or something this year, and that leads the NBA. And of course, if you go back in like the 90s, it, it was much, much lower than that. So changes in the way the game has been played, changes in pace. We're Here, we're kind of leveling things out, normalizing for pace. And so we'll look at it per 100 possessions. All right. And since we're we're staying in the so-called modern era, just because that's a recurring theme in this podcast that we have to just clarify that, that the, the game has changed so much that it's really an apples and oranges comparison to compare today's game to like the days of Bill Russell and somewhat. But just as a, as a little tangent, do you think that those early days with the Russell Celtics, was defense more of an issue for them? Or was it more important back then? Because Russell's like a dominant defensive player, right? Does it? Yeah, honestly, I didn't dig into it because we decided to cut it off at 79-80. But yeah, I mean, like you were saying, it's just completely different. You're talking about an eight-team league um, versus a 30-team league now. I mean, it's just really an apples to oranges comparison in my yeah. mind. Okay. Hey, I'm on your side. But we'll no arguing now, but we are going to argue because I'm going to present my case. Okay, I'm going to present my case, okay. which I'm not a lawyer, like uh, maybe like Charlie Kelly and Always Sunny. I, I specify in, in bird law mostly. And I'm not saying I agree with it. It's just that bird law in this country, it's not governed by reason. There's no such thing as bird law. Yes, there is. You know what? I'm gonna get- Do you get that reference, Larry Bird? Do you bird get law? that reference? Larry all? Bird law. <laughs> Anyone who watches. Always sunny. Anyone who's interested in um, very dark comedy and also happens to be interested in sports statistics will love that reference. But I, I don't know what the crossover is with that. But so I'm going to put on my Charlie Kelly bird law hat and I'm going to present my case for the kind of the facts behind why you would say defense wins championships. There are some numbers you can use, but as is also a common theme in this podcast, after I present my research, Justin is going to probably just rip a complete hole in it. So let's get started. Justin, are you ready to hear my case? The prosecution may begin. I'd like to call my first witness. My first witness is often and uh, rightly seen as the greatest basketball player of all time, a guy who knows a thing or two about winning championships. And here's what he said in a press conference during, it was either the, his fifth or sixth championship. So Mr. Michael Jordan. Yeah, defense held strong. You know I mean? Uh, defense wins championship. I think that was very uh, obvious. So it's pretty cut and dry. I could rest right there the the best actually i I have some interesting information here if i may well i mean just i'm just gonna say that it michael jordan says it so it has to be basketball gospel and even though like maybe he said some things lately that don't really make the most sense the ceiling is the roof still michael jordan michael jordan says it you gotta at least put some type of weight into it right well let's look at some facts okay let's look at those championships not what we're here to do I've already won the case. <laughs> that, that's what I'm here to do. All right. <laughs> yeah. um, let's look at some facts. Let's look at some data. So let's look at those six Bulls championship teams from the 90s. Here are their ranks in offense for those six seasons. First, first, second, first, first, and ninth. Now, the same ranks for defense. Seventh, fourth, seventh, first, fourth, third they were better on offense in four of those six seasons in one of those seasons that the 
incredible 95-96 team. They went ranked number one in both. The only time the defense was appreciably better than the offense was the last title season when they were, like I said, ninth in offense and third in defense. So the, these Bulls teams were elite on both offense and defense, but looking at their rankings within the league, in a majority of those seasons, they were actually better on offense than defense. So what you're saying is you know more about winning championships than Michael Jordan. That's what you're, that's what you're saying here. Way to twist my words. That's what I, that's, I'm a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. That's what I do. I put words in your mouth. All right. So if we're going to, Jordan said that, take it, take it for what it's worth, but that's what, it just goes to show that the cliche has made it all the way to the, uh, the upper echelons of the basketball world. Um, so let's look at a few other numbers, a few other numbers I have. I do have, I do have evidence that is not purely anecdotal. So if you look just, just at this season, um, trying to find a connection between winning and defensive rating, the two teams with the best records this season, as, as of the time of this recording, the Warriors and the Spurs happen to also have the best defensive ratings, you know? coincidence maybe but at least if you're looking at this season that you can find a connection between best defense equals best wins but so if you well but, but hold on hold on what? hold on you're also you're talking about teams you, with, you gotta with i don't care you gotta say objection, objection. <laughs> overruled <laughs> no you're talking about two elite teams who also have fantastic offenses golden state is number one in offense and san antonio is like sixth in offense so it's not like these are teams that are dragging along like below average offenses you're talking about two elite defenses and elite offenses. i think you're tipping your hat as to where uh, how you're going to argue here in a little bit but let me may i proceed may i proceed i'm not the judge you don't have to ask me if you if you look at that in the playoffs especially because they they, there's the old adage maybe i want to ask you this is for put a hold on this i want to talk about the whole adage that defense is more important in the playoffs because the game slows down i don't even know if that that's true or not maybe you have an opinion on that but if you look in the playoffs um last season the warriors had the fifth best defensive rating the cavaliers had the 10th best defensive rating but they were still able to pull it off but if you look a year before that when the warriors won in 2015 uh 2014-15 they had the best defensive rating in basketball even to go along with that high powered offense and the cavs had the 18th uh, best defensive rating so it kind of shows why the Warriors were able to just handle them in the in the finals that year all right so if you look at the last 20 years right if you if you want to try to find any type of any type of constant any type of consistency there's been one team every year in the mix in contention even when you write them off they're going to be there there's if it's like the death and taxes of the NBA. One thing that's certain is the San Antonio Spurs are going to be in contention. Ever since Pop took over, they've had the lowest overall defensive rating in the NBA in the, in, since 1996. And so they also, also like the fifth or sixth best offensive rating in that span. So it's not like they were um, dragging along a, a pathetic offense along the way. But still, if you're gonna I, if you're gonna try to make a connection between defense influencing winning i think that it's pretty good a pretty good sign for people who are in that camp that the team with the best defense in the last 20 years also has the highest winning percentage in that span by over 10 points okay we're talking about championships here how many titles did the spurs have in that span 
How many do they have? Five or six? How many do they have? Five? I believe I believe it's five, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, they have five. And what other team also has five in that span? Uh, LeBron has three into the Kobe. Kobe Lakers. Lakers, okay. Lakers, in that same time period, have like something like the third best offense in middle of the pack defensively. Yeah. But the- so a counter counterexample to your Spurs, that you got a team with the same number of titles who tended to tilt a little more to the offensive side of the ball than defensive. In fact, the uh, 2001 Lakers were finished 21st in defensive rating. That is the lowest rating by champion since 1979-80. Yeah. I think so the argument I'm trying to make and kind of half-heartedly is the difference between the two is that the Spurs who have been a defensive first team under Pop have been in contention every single season. And whereas the Lakers, even though they had those highs, they've also had some pretty low lows. As I tried to win you over with last week in uh, our uh, p- buying stock in young players about D'Angelo Russell saying, I have no trust in that organization whatsoever. And as he booted, what was the play the last week where he was bringing the ball up at midcourt and like tripped over himself and kicked the ball out of bounds and fell down? Like that should, I should have, we should have done our episode after that. But anyway, I digress. So that's my, that's my art. My argument is going to rest on the laurels of Michael Jordan and Greg Popovich, which I I don't know who you're going to find that's going to be more authoritative in winning than those two. And both of those two are saying either by word or by deed that defense wins championships. The prosecution rest. Okay. So let's take a break from your soliloquies here and look at some real data for a change. Um, the people so listen for last... my soliloquies. That's why they listen to this podcast. It's appropriate in the eyes of March, right? Um, so <laughs> if you look at the last 37 champions, 16 of them have been better on offense than defense. 18 have been better on defense than offense. And three have been the same in both categories. So you kind of have a thing there where it's like, yeah, a couple more teams were better on defense than offense, but for the most part, it kind of seems like the flip of a coin. As yeah, long as you have up. an elite offense or an elite defense, and you have, you know, you're passable on the other end of the floor, you're going to have a decent title shot. So, and then some more numbers here. If you look at teams that had the number one offense but not the number one defense, six of them won a title. If you look at teams that had the number one defense but not the number one offense, six of them won a title. And then there was one, like I mentioned earlier, the '96 Bulls who were number one in both. So again, it seems like if you have the number one offense, number one defense, doesn't really matter that much as long as you are really good um, at both ends of the floor and maybe elite at one of the ends. Hmm. Well, let me ask you about, so apologies if you didn't do the extensive research on this. So like, I'm just thinking about when you're saying you have to be good, really good at one and not the other. So the first thing that kind of pops in my head is the... Um, well, no, no, no. You have to be good at both. I mean, you have to be good at both. You're not going to win a title if you have a lousy defense so is for it, the most part. Well, yeah, cause I, or lousy offense. So where I was going with is the, the obvious analogy for when you start talking about this is the D'Antoni sons with Steve Nash, that they were that high-powered super offense. But then once they got into the playoffs, they got they, their defense just couldn't hold up. And it, do you have any theories on why you think that was? Or is that just more to prove that you you can have elite one or the other but you just can't have the the other complementary part can't be completely terrible i mean yeah look, look only in this 
time span, only two teams won a title who finished 12th or worse in defensive rating. That was the 95 Rockets and the 2001 Lakers. Other than that, all these teams had top 11 defenses. So, Sounds like you're making my case for me. Well, no, but it's the same. It's basically the same thing on on the other side. I mean, you've got five teams that have won a title by finishing outside the top ten in offense, but three of those teams were eleventh in offense. So it's like you know, it, it's it. You're not going to win a title if you're elite on one end and just kind of average on the other. More than more than often than not, you know. Instead of like continuing to throw numbers at each other, let's maybe talk a little bit about the psychology of all this. Um, do you have any, any thoughts or any opinions on, on why people may have this way or just feel this way that defense is more important and that defense does win championships instead of offense? I think, I mean, maybe because defense just seems to become more important in, in those times, um, just mentally, because each play takes on so much more of a significance, right? And so getting a, getting a stop on each possession in the NBA Finals is just infinitely more important and more on your brain than it is in the regular season or even in the early rounds of the playoffs because you know, okay, well, they got this bucket. We have X amount more chances to stop them, so it's not that big a deal. Whereas when a game where everything's on the line like that, it's – it just seems to be like it, it's on the forefront of your mind all the time. And if you lose the finals, it, it, you don't really like look. It, you don't really look back on the shots that you you missed as much. Like in the highlight packages, it's always the shots that were hit on you, right? So it's like why didn't? It's not that this person went off and they they won the finals. Like why didn't you stop them from winning the finals? That's kind of like my thoughts on it. What do you think? Right, but, but then you look at like the mirror image of that, right? Like, so if if you're saying that stops seem to be more and more important, then don't successful possessions seem to be more and more important? Which would say that you need a very very good offense in order to score in the playoffs because people are stepping up their their game on the defensive end, they're playing more intensely, et cetera, et cetera. It seems to me that would also suggest that you do have to have a, a very very good offense to 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 win in that environment. Um, so I had a couple of thoughts about this. One is that I think people mistakenly think that offense is somehow more variable than defense is. In other words, like they'll like kind of accept on a night-to-night basis that their teams might not score as well as they had the previous game or something, but they think defense is a constant. Like every night the players are bringing it the same and 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 that, that doesn't really vary as much as their offense does. And that's not really true. I mean, I've looked at the numbers, and if you look at like any given season, if you look at a team's offensive or defensive ratings on a game, or offensive and defensive ratings on a game-by-game basis, about half the teams will be more variable in offense than they are on defense. And then like the other half are more variable in defense than they are on offense. So it's like, if you would think that defense was somehow more reliable and, and you know, it was going to be there on a night-to-night basis more often than offense was, you'd expect teams to be then more variable in offense than defense. Um, a majority of teams to be more variable in offense than defense, but that does not appear to be the case just based on the numbers alone. So you can ha- you can go cold on defense the same way a three-point shooter can go cold. Yeah, I don't know if cold is the right thing, word to use because 
but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there are breakdowns, right? Just as there are, can be breakdowns in your offense, on some nights you may look horrible. Same thing happens on defense, but people don't pick up on it, pick up on it as much. Um, so that's one thing. I think that the people tend to think of defense as a constant, and so therefore in the playoffs, well, you want that constant, and so therefore if you have a good defensive team, you're going to be constantly good, and I don't think that's the case. And another thing, another psychological issue for me is that I think people believe that defense is just all about guts and effort and intensity and trying really hard. And, you know, offense is more about skill and finesse, etc. And so it's more like offense is kind of like the white collar work and defense is like the blue collar work. And like people can relate more to those those gritty defensive teams. What, what do you think about that? Well, it makes me think, oh, especially when talking about the gritty defensive player like Dennis Rodman pops into mind. And I think Dennis Rodman, I remember I, I didn't prepare for this. So forgive me if I, I'm, I don't know the source of this, but I remember here seeing this video of the bulls days where they talked about how Rodman would watch videos over and over and over again of his teammates and like studied when, you know, Jordan or David Robinson or Isaiah Thomas or whoever was his teammate at the time, if they shot from this section of the court, they had a 30% chance of their miss going long or their miss going short. And that like he knew where they were shooting from, the likelihood of where their miss was going to go. And that's why he would be there to grab the offensive rebound and would kind of do the same with opponents. So yeah, like looking at that, like there was just as much work and study and strategy that went into it. And yeah, Rodman had that grittiness where he was often diving for loose balls, even if he had no chance of really getting it. But that was, he he prepped for it. He studied for it the same way you would in running an offense and learning, you know, where you shoot the best from. He learned the opposite, where his team misses the most from and how to how to get it. So yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what I think when I think about how the offense is normally giving more given more credence as being more cerebral and the defense is being is more guttural. But really, if you're going to be one of the best, you have to kind of have have both, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, right. I th- I th- I'm just saying yeah, that people I think people really underestimate the athletic ability involved in playing good defense. It's not just about trying hard. Like, I think back to last year's finals. For me, the iconic play in last year's finals was not Kyrie hitting the three-pointer at near the end of Game 7. So the block. For me, the iconic play was the block. Yeah. Exactly. That LeBron James block of Andre Iguodala was just a phenomenal play. And, you know, you watch that and you're like, okay, that's not, that's not just guts and want to an effort. That is just a freakish athletic play. Yeah. And so... When, I want to ask you this too. I was reading, and there's this there's this blog post on the uh, the blog sixteen wins a ring, where they were talking about um, how MVP voting post Hakeem Olajuwon has skewed towards um, offense, and that defensive value has really not played into it. And every MVP has been an offensive star more than defensive stuff like that. But one thing that they brought up in that that I thought was interesting was problems with quantifying defense because we talk about defensive rating and stuff like that but there i think the example he brings up was how do you assign value to the like peak um or, or late 2000s dwight howard deterring players from driving 
right? So if you have like a dominated defensive presence like that, like how do you actually is 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 there anything to that saying that well defense is just so much harder to quantify, or do you think what we have with defensive rating is is sufficient? Well, okay, I haven't read the article, so I guess I don't want to maybe say too much, but. Looking at the MVPs recent, like what's he talking about? Last twenty years or something? I. So let's look at some of the guys who've been MVP. Like LeBron has won numerous MVP awards. He's an elite defender, and I don't think anybody would argue that. Uh, Kobe won an MVP. He was a perennial All Defensive selection. Uh, Tim Duncan won a couple MVPs. Amazing defensive player. Kevin Garnett won an MVP. Amazing defensive player. So Is Steph the outlier. Well, I mean, there's yeah, there's all like there's like Steph, there's Steve Nash, right? Uh, Dirk Nowitzki, but also you look a lot of those guys had really good defensive reputations and have the awards and honors to to prove it. So I, I don't know, I don't I don't know if I look through the MVPs over the last twenty seasons if I say, oh, there's a distinct offensive bias in these selections. I don't know. Yeah, but with speaking of offensive bias, I mean, I think that's kind of what we're what we're approaching here is that there is kind of an offensive bias just in how you look at the game and the offense is, is king. And so if the only way to win is to stop the offense with a good defense, which gets us back to the, the verdict that we're trying to reach. So I, it sounds to me like you have your opinion on this. So based on what, what you've given us with both data and anecdotes, I mean, what, Someone says to you, Justin Kabatko, don't you know defense wins championships? All right, clo- this closing arguments here. All right, what? How do you how do you wrap it up? And w- what say ye? Okay, so I'm just gonna throw a few more facts in here. So looking at the last, um, looking at all the champions since since 1980, their average rank on offense has been 5.4. And their average rank on defense has been 5.2. I mean, those are really close. And on average, a champion has had an offense that is 3.5% better than league average. And on defense, they've been about 3.4% better than league average. So to me, it's just like, it's a toss-up, right? I mean, if I was choosing, you know, and somebody said you can have an elite offense or you can have an elite defense. For me, and you, you can be very good in the other category. For me, it'd be a flip of the coin. Whatever, just give me one. And then I'll, I'll work with the rest. Hmm. So for me, it's it's they're equally important. Defense does win championships, but offense wins championships too. And, and so I, I, w- I would uh, I would go on that side that, that they're equally valuable. All right, so I'm ready to issue my verdict. My verdict is, and I'm also the judge. I didn't did I mention that earlier? I'm the lawyer, and I'm also the judge. It's, it's a conflict of interest. But I think what, what you're saying, I, I've seen what you're saying echoed uh, by some other people that, that really know what they're talking about. There's this book called Scorecasting. Have you heard of it? You, you might know of that book. It yeah, was by John this, Wertheim is one of the authors, I believe. Uh, yeah, and um, Tobias Moskowitz. It's where they try to debunk a lot of sports myths. And they, they tackle this one a little bit and kind of come out with the same thing, saying that um, de- the defense is no more important than offense right it's not defense that wins championships you either need a stellar offense or a stellar defense and the defense wins championships is not really 
provable, right? And that's kind of what you were saying. I didn't tell you about this quote beforehand. I mean, that's really what what you were getting with. Um, that they say defense is like a if you if you were an uninspirational coach. Their, their quote is, you would say, defense is less sexy and no more essential than offense, but I urge it anyway. And so <laughs> I, I think this... I, I'd like to hear a coach talk like that. Yeah, it's like, listen, listen, guys, it's really important that you shut them down, but it's also important that you get points on the other end. You know, I so, urge you. I urge you to score. It's like with anything in life, guys, I, I encourage a balanced approach. You know, <laughs> let, let's go out there and let's be even keeled. Go get them. You know, something something like that. The, the speeches would not be very inspirational. But like you said, you don't have to have an elite defense if you have an elite offense. You just can't be super terrible at it. So, I mean, does that give does that give Rockets fans hope that maybe Harden and D'Antoni, their offense is good enough to where they can overcome what's what's been perceived by both player and coach as a lack of emphasis on on defense? Does that does that give you does it give you hope for them? Are you on the Rockets bandwagon with a good enough offense to overcome a defense? Um, so Houston's a tricky case. I, they have a phenomenal offense, but their defense, I think they're like around 13th in the league right now, and and there aren't many champions that have had that kind of defensive profile. So I, I'd be concerned. I, I don't know if that's a, a recipe for for a long playoff run. Yeah, their defensive rating this season is the highest it's been, or the worst it's been since Harden joined the Rockets. But their offensive rating is also the best it's been by a lot. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out because I think they're kind of going to be a little experiment in this. And D'Antoni's kind of been that his whole career, trying to say that, that high-powered offense can overpower defenses, and it so far has not worked in the playoffs. So we'll see, and which brings us back to. Right, the, so I think it's a little unfair though to say that they haven't had success in the playoffs just because they haven't won a championship or or um, or been to the finals. I mean, D'Antoni took the Suns, the Nash era Suns, to back-to-back conference finals, and then a few years later, without D'Antoni, with Alvin Gentry as the coach, but running a similar system, they made it to the conference finals. So I mean, they made three conference finals appearances in a, in a maybe a six or seven year span, which, which to me isn't bad. And it, to me, it doesn't say that having an elite offense and a middle of the pack defense is, is a recipe that will not work. Um, but like I said too, I mean, it's, it's, it is rare for a team that's in the middle of the pack defensively to win a title. Also rare for a team that's middle of the pack offensively to win a title. Yeah. And there hasn't been too many examples of extremes on either end, making it, and actually winning the title, correct? Right. I mean, yeah, for the most part, you need top five, top ten offense defense of each. to win a title. Right, exactly, of each. And and if you don't have that, then, you know, your chances of winning a title go down significantly. So someone says to you, Justin Kabatko, defense wins championships. You say... And offense does, too. And, and offense does, too. All right. Justin Kabatko has issued our final, final verdict. So in the case of... Does defense win championships? We have we have ruled that yes, it does. Asterisk, but offense does too. Is this our is that our final verdict? <laughs> that sounds like a good verdict. Yes. All right. That's uh, the wisdom of Solomon. I think the people I think the people probably wanted something a little more definitive, 
this we've <laughs> should let's just maybe we should just rule this a mistrial. I don't know, but that's I mean that's that's the case. Any anytime someone's screaming things in, that things are black and white, the answer is usually somewhere in the gray, and that's where we like to live here at Stat Stories. We I am Chad Shanks. He is Justin Tobacco, and we live in the gray so thank you very much for listening to this episode i hope you got something out of it even though our our final decision wasn't much of a proclamation but hey we got the data to back it up and that we're just telling you what the numbers say be sure to check out our blog at blog.statmuse.com we're going to have some of the the stats that we used um, asking questions on StatMuse, and you can look through those. And we also have some links to some of the sources that we use to get our information. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Stat Stories.